Hello, and welcome to episode 169 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. Nice. nice. I'm James. Podcast name. Nice. Nice. Done. <laughs> um, and this week we're coming to your ears, hopefully earlier than normal, uh, with our mechanics um, episode slash, um, you know, kind of how to look at preview season. Yeah, we're going to push this one out a little early. Normally our episodes come out uh, like Thursday-ish. Um, we're going to try and get this one up on Tuesday because the I think I want to change the way we do these a little bit. If we talk about the mechanics, a lot of times we just kind of do an episode about the mechanics and then move on. And then a couple weeks later we do our set review episode. And like some of the mechanics stuff either people miss or forget about or whatever. So I kind of want to use the mechanics as a way to like get people engaged with spoiler season. So I think we're going to talk about the mechanics a little bit and then like the sorts of things that we're looking for out of those mechanics during spoiler season. And we kind of already have an example of what we're talking about today. So hopefully it's a decent episode and you guys enjoy it. Yeah. So if you want to get at us on social media, all of our links are in the description so you can find it all there. Yeah, get at us. Let us know if you like this format or not. Um, also, don't forget about our TCG player affiliate link, uh, tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Follow that link and help support the show. Anything you purchase, we'll get a percentage of to help keep the show afloat. Um, if you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can head over to patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Patrons get access to our show notes. They get access to our pre-show kind of just us you know catching up talking about our lives talking about magic talking about you know behind the scenes podcast stuff it's just more us if you like us you get more of us about an hour every week um and patrons also get put on my mailing list every couple months i send something out to our patrons just kind of as a token of appreciation um just want to let everybody know at some point we probably are going to redo our patreon tiers to incorporate incorporate that's a word. Not, it is now. We're going to incorporate um, our tournaments into our Patreon um, eventually. Not right away, but I'd like to start giving away some bigger prizes, maybe some some sweet playmats. I've been messing around, you know, making some playmats over the last few months, and I'd like to get some printed and give them out to pay, or not patrons, but uh, the tournament winners. So all that stuff costs money, so. Yeah, I think at some point we'd like to start charging an entry fee and send out some playmats to the tournament winners. So keep an eye on that as well. Um, speaking of our tournament, how did our tournament go? Pretty good. You can watch my side of it on YouTube.com, Casual Tryhard MTG. I nice. posted um, my matches. I did a quick deck tech and mm -hmm. then uh, my matches. It was It was fun. I think everyone yeah. had a good time. It was yep. nice playing for even like marginal non-ladder stakes. <laughs> yeah. Basically just breaking rights. Yeah. Got third. What, what? Um, yeah. But no, it was good. I think everyone had a good time. Uh, MTG Melee was at least on our, uh, as a player, it was pretty easy to use. Mm -hmm. uh, the only the only issue was uh, Arena would not let us direct challenge in my last yeah. round. So that wasn't uh, Melee's fault. Yep. I mean, uh, Wizards should, is, uh... is an indie startup. So. <laughs> Small, tiny little budget, right? Whatever yeah. whatever Chad, Chad gives out 
Whatever what he gives, portion gives of his beans. It's, we it's, should uh, uh, say cases. thank you or... Okay. Uh, say it's two cases of code red. Yeah, there you go. And a Taco Bell gift card. That's all the programmers get. <laughs> we should uh, congratulate the winner. Yeah. Right? It was... Uh, hang on, let me get the name right. It was Bubblex. Congratulations, Bubblex. You took the tourney down. Yeah, uh, Bubblex's deck was very good. I uh, immediately tried to build it because it was doing what uh, <laughs> it was. He posted his deck up in the Discord, but it was doing what um, I uh, want, kind of wanted to do, mm-hmm. but better. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh, it was very good. Yeah. I think my commentary was, "Well, can never beat that card. Well, <laughs> can never win." There was a lot of that. So. It was yeah, it was a good day. It was a good event though. Like yeah. I said, it, it seemed like everybody had a good time. We're planning on doing another one. It'll be next month sometime. We uh, talked about it a little bit in the pre-show, but I think we still got a couple couple details to iron out, and then we'll start posting about it probably next week. So yeah, stay tuned um, for that. What was I gonna say? Uh, it, it don't let MTG melee like intimidate you. It was pretty easy to mm-hmm. to set up, so not a big deal. And it was nice to have uh, people in the Discord, mm-hmm. right, to be able to chat with and kind of see what was going on. Yeah, it kind of gave you, like, the whole tournament vibe thing where, yeah. you know, between rounds, you, you know, head outside and talk with your buddies for a little bit. And it was kind of nice. Like, I, I wasn't playing in the tournament. I was just running it. But it was kind of nice to, like, see everybody like go quiet for a little while while they were playing their rounds mm-hmm. and then like start trickling back into chat. It was cool. And, and even if you're not uh, in the discord, which why aren't you? Uh, there is like a chat feature that pops up when you get paired with someone in MTG oh. melee. Cool. So if you have to like in my last round, you, you'll watch. Uh, we couldn't get it to pair. Mm-hmm. Then when we finally got it to pair, me being a pro gamer paired the wrong a type of uh, event mm. so then it had to be like what happened like we could like you could like talk through stuff we did it all in discord but you could still do it in melee if you wanted yeah but no it was it was good it was good and it was like around two hours maybe less yeah the rounds seemed to go pretty quick i was a little bit nervous about that playing you know like a powered down format i was a little nervous about rounds going long but no, everything seemed to go by pretty quickly. These are these are twenty twenty two commons. That's true. <laughs> they're they're basically uncommons, so yeah. it's fine. They're what used to be uncommons. Exactly. They're they're uh, two thousand seventeen uncommons. Yeah. All right. So for this show, we wanted to go through streets of New Capenna and talk about each uh, shard. Right, they're shards, yeah, right? Yeah, they are shards. They yep. are shards. And um, talk about their mechanics. And then what would what we're on the lookout for during spoiler season, mm-hmm. uh, what we want to see from cards that might, might end up being powerful. Yeah. So the first one we have is Obscura, which is the Esper shard. It's a white, blue, black for those that aren't into the lingo. And the mechanic for the Obscura family is Connive. 
Um, once the, whatever connive condition is met, sometimes it's ETB. It does. I don't think it always has to be ETB though. There's some that um, are on attack. Yeah. There's a couple that are, I think there was one spoiled today. That's just like three mana connive. Um, yeah. So when you connive, you loot. So you draw a card, then discard a card. And if you discard a non land card, so basically any spell, uh, you put a plus one plus one counter on the creature that connived. Mm-hmm. Um, mechanics pretty straightforward. I don't think there's really a whole lot to delve into. Um, is there anything that this mechanic reminds you of? Um, I don't know if it reminds me of anything in particular. Are there any like play patterns that would be familiar? Or it, it's similar, like to... things that we can compare it to. Hmm. I don't know. What What are you thinking? Because I don't have anything that's popping into my head. Well, like I, I thought that Canive, um, will probably end up playing kind of similar to Explore. Okay. Where it gives you some sort of card selection, um, like Explore lets you draw a card if it was a land where this doesn't ever let you draw a card um, or it doesn't let you be up a card, I should say. Um, but they both give you some sort of card selection and they both make the creature bigger. Mm-hmm. So it's, and I think explore played mainly because of wild growth Walker, but I think mm-hmm. explore played better than like people were expecting it to. Yeah. Um, I think explore is a reasonable comparison uh, I guess there's there's cards that kind of are similar to some of the explore cards, like almost mm-hmm. the same kind of templating. Yeah. Um, I don't. I I think I would rather loot than explore. Hmm. There's more things you can do with looting. Yeah, like looting is super duper powerful. Yeah. Right. So, and it like forces you to loot. Right. Hmm. Great. It's not like a, a may. It's like no, you have to. And like, well, that's, I mean, is there ever a situation where you wouldn't loot? Oh, though that's that's what I was going to say. Like, you always loot. Yeah. But, um, uh, some people don't. Right? There's like a whole article that LSV wrote about why you should always loot. Yeah, I don't know why you would ever decline to loot. Yeah, but people do. So, and thus oh, articles okay. have been written. Well, but yeah, so n- like none of our listeners will. No, no, they, they know. <laughs> but like, I feel like this, like, it's not like you, when the condition is met, you may loot. It's like, no, no, you loot. Yeah, you just do it. Yeah. So, Especially wh- like when there's an upside of you know making your creature bigger. Yeah. There's, there's no mean, reason to n- not do it. Yeah. In like constructed, like we have flashback cards, mm-hmm. right? So like, even if you, if you discard a flashback card, you're kind of not discarding a card. Mm-hmm. Right, like you're still getting access to that card at some point later in the game. Yep. So that is a uh, a good thing to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and like these kind of things are often like way more powerful than you realize. Oh yeah, they're, they're more powerful than it will show up in your game of Magic. Like you won't even realize how powerful it is when you do the thing, because like it helps smooth your hands out. And kind of does it without you knowing it, if that makes sense. Yeah. It smooths your hands out, and it just op- opens you up to, it lets you 
it lets you play more games, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. Right? Yeah, like, like you, if you, you keep a sketchy hand with a couple knife cards and like, you know, it works out for you, but you don't ever think back to that game like how it would have been without the knife because that's not how the game played out. So like in your head when you're, you know, trying to figure out should I include this card or not, like you're you don't really get the reinforcement of the knife helping you because like you just kind of played your game of magic. Yeah. Yeah, but like like you said, if you were going to miss your third land drop mm-hmm. and you can knife and got to hit your third land drop, like that's a game you got to participate in for right. multiple turns as opposed to being a game that you just lost. Right. So that's the mechanic. Mm-hmm. What are we looking for in terms of this mechanic for constructed? Obviously, anytime we're looking for something for constructed, we need it to be costed efficiently. So we're looking yes. for these cards to be cheap. We're probably not looking for five or six mana connive cards. Those are probably going to be like limited only stuff if they mm-hmm. even go that high. I don't know what kind, how good the card would have to be for it to be a connive card at six mana, but um, they need to be cheap. Mm-hmm. And then they also need to be useful in their colors, which I think is kind of important here because connive is. Like we said, it's a very powerful ability that these colors don't always have access to. Um, so black cards that let you like self-discard aren't super... I mean, they exist, but they're not super common, right? Like black, yeah. black doesn't get looting. Yeah, they, they black is discarding as a cost. Right. But not looting. Right. Um. um and then blue gets looting all the time. Mm-hmm. So connive is probably less interesting in blue and less Because like, there's so much competition for, yeah, for that effect. Right. Like there's any like you know, there's any number of things at two and three mana that loot or do something similar to loot in blue. Yeah, I mean there's probably no better looter than like Jace Friend's Prodigy, right? Yeah. But I mean, even, you know, stuff like uh, Charter Course mm-hmm. or what do we have? Like Thirst for Knowledge, Thirst for Meaning. Yep. Right. Like those are like that effect is pretty common in blue. Mm-hmm. Right. So a card, a connive card that um, like kind of makes its way into blue, uh, like into constructed for, for blue, right, is cheap. But this is another thing to think about with cost is, is the connive isn't accounted for in the mana cost. Yeah. So like remember, it was just kind of tacked onto a card. Yeah. So remember when we were talking about like decayed zombies and we yeah. were like, oh, all of these cards with the decayed zombies have the exact same mana cost if they didn't have decayed. Right. Right. And it was like, oh, like in limited, like it was a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Right. If there are blue connive cards that, like, oh, I'm a wind drake, but I also connive when I attack. Yeah, that's a huge deal. Right, that's that's a huge deal. Uh, right, basically, it's like uh, your looter scooter. Mm-hmm. Right, like that's that's a huge deal. Or, you know, I'm a one man. I'm a flying man that connives when I enter the battlefield. Great. Also, a huge deal. Also, a huge deal. Right, so. Cards that are like 
at rate, but have the ability on them, mm-hmm. uh, go like way up in value. Yep. And then white. What about white? We said that uh, obscure is an Esper shard, so we got blue, black, and white. Uh, this is not something that white gets to do, right? Like ever? basically ever. Yeah. Only uh, only within the last year or so, white has gotten to like actually draw cards. So I and... did. I did one of my um, uh, favorite searches on a gatherer mm-hmm. and that is uh for just uh not gather and scryfall so i just did the oracle text for white of draw discard mm-hmm. uh yeah there aren't any until I, now uh i guess i guess there's wandering champion uh i don't even know that card it is oh oh it's from fate reforged and okay. it is a two mana three one. If you control a red or blue permanent, if it deals damage to uh, a player, you can draw a card. You can discard a card, then draw a card. So it's not even loot. Yeah, it's rummage. It's rummage. But uh, um, but yeah, there's not this effect in white. Now, yeah. now, granted, uh, my what's it called? Uh. My search should bring up the connive cards, but it's uh, it's not something that happens a lot. So it's way more valuable in white because mm-hmm. it um, is a new effect. Yeah. So just today, um, actually, I don't don't think it was long before we started recording. We got a card called Rafine's Informant. It's one in a white for a two one human wizard, and when it enters the battlefield, it connives. So a pretty good like comparison for this card is just Merfolk Branchwalker, I think. It's a two mana two one that, you know, does the thing. We kind of already said that you might be able to think about connive kind of like we thought about Explore. Um, this is basically white Merfolk Branchwalker. But like we said, um white doesn't ever get to draw cards, it doesn't ever get to discard cards, and you get to do both of those things while potentially making you know, this a reasonable threat. White also doesn't get two mana three twos. It gets two mana three ones that die to everything. Yeah. So um also like this is kind of Professor of Symbology. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, it's not letting you draw a card, right? It's not letting you learn. But, you know, if it, it can turn a bad card into a good card or a mm-hmm. land into something, and that is just as valuable almost yeah. as as learning right because yep. think of, like you would if you had a rafine's informant like in four lands in your opening hand right in two other cards mm-hmm. you would keep that hand yep right where if it was just a two mana three one you might not you keep not that keep four that land hand, hand right, right? Because this is like, oh, I don't need my fourth land. I can get rid of it and turn it into something else. Or, yep. you know, I need my fourth land, but if I draw my fifth land in like my first two, one or two draw steps, I can yeah. ditch it for Rafine's Informant whenever I draw. And it's not rummage, like you get to see what you draw. So you get mm-hmm. to like have all the information when you make your decision. Right. And this also, um, we were talking about how like, you know, the black cards you know, could 
um, support like a madness style archetype, right? Where you're like, well, oh, we didn't actually oh, talk didn't about that yet. Okay. Well, yeah, we kind of skipped over it, um, but let's talk about it now. So we talked about what kinds of cards we're looking for, like what kinds of shells are these cards going to go into? So like the black cards are going to traditionally go into reanimator type things or mm -hmm. uh, madness stuff, right? Where you're going to yeah. get paid off for discarding. Right. Um, blue cards kind of the same places. Yeah, but usually more like combo slanted. You're looking yeah. to you know put specific pieces of cardboard in specific places. Mm -hmm. And Rafine's Informant, like, it's a new card. So, yeah. or a new thing that white can do. So it's going to be, it's going to find its way into a lot of places because it's the only option. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were talking beforehand, like, I've been playing Esper Reanimator in Standard. Right? Mm -hmm. Not Esper, I'm sorry. Uh, Grixis. Grixis. And uh, I also have an Esper build of the deck. But it's like missing some of the like impactful red cards. Well, Rafine's informant, you know, can take the spot of some of those red cards that I that in like the Esper shell, mm -hmm. where it can be the early discard plus it can be the speed bump that you need to like hold the ground against an aggro deck. Yeah, I mean, you can also think about some of the like reanimator cards that we've gotten lately. Like if you think back to Modern Horizons two, we got the um that two mana that like comes reanimates something and then it comes back and reanimates it again. Oh the oh gosh, what is it called? The creature? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Priest of Fell Rights or yes, is that what it, it is? And we have Persist um, and yeah. uh Late for Dinner is like the white four mana reanimation spell. Yep. Um so that's kind of like pushing, you know, a white black archetype where you know maybe something i'm not necessarily saying that rafine's informant is going to be modern playable but it definitely supports an archetype that like doesn't exist or like having that effect in a color that wouldn't normally have it kind of opens up new doors for some exploring to begin yeah so like a card like this is super interesting so mm -hmm. looking for those cheap things that like and like I said, a two mana two one is a fine card. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not great, but a two mana three two is probably a decent card. Like that's that's above rate. Yeah, and you're also putting a piece of cardboard somewhere where hopefully you can use it. Yeah, that is uh, modern magic is just shuffling cardboard around, mm -hmm. right? And this lets you shuffle. Yep. So, but what I mean by it, like. A like, uh, like again, professor of symbology. Mm -hmm. Two mana, two one is fine. It trades with a one or a two drop, and yep. then gives you some additional value. Yeah, and like that's all you need to take a card to like make it playable. Mm -hmm. So it is, um, it is an interesting card in that regard. Mm -hmm. But like, keep your eye out for you know we've kind of already seen with uh Rafine's informant but cards that don't fit the the normal color pie right. right like white is especially um uh uh especially gets this recently right with all their focus on like drawing cards in uh yeah uh white um so 
just keep that in mind. Yep. That we can we can find you can basically get new things to do because they decide to like change the color pie a little bit. Yep, pushing it around a little bit. Yep. So we All got right. anything else to talk about with either Obscura or Connive? I think I that pretty much sums it up, right? Don't think. Um, though I will say that like it initially strikes me as and this is how my head works, right? It seems like a good limited mechanic Mm -hmm. but there's gonna be but not like you're not gonna build like a connive deck in standard right right? but like i feel like but i think like connive pieces will definitely be playable that's what i was gonna say like it's going to be like one of those support things yeah where it's going to prop up whatever uh multiple decks because it's doing something unique or i need to get cards in my graveyard for whatever reason all right. Next um, up, one more. I have w- one more question. Okay, one more question. So Hit me. We just talked about how you know this may or may not be, you know, build a connive deck or whatever. Um, I know a lot of times when we talk about mechanics in specifically in limited, um, we'll talk about whether it's an aggressive mechanic or not. Mm-hmm. Is this an aggressive mechanic, a controlling mechanic, something in the middle? It's it's hard because yeah. right the mythic is uh once you do attack right Rafine mm-hmm. once you do attack yeah um there's a lot of them that are like ETB connive there's mm-hmm. like a five mana blue card Rafine's informant um the 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 rare is that um I feel like this is like this kind of mechanic typically lets you go long. Yeah. Because I agree. You're going to get more value out of it in the long game than if you end the game on turn five. Yeah. So like it is a longer game mechanic, but there are like, you know, if you have like Rafine in your deck, right? If you start Mm -hmm. on a Rafine, well then now you're, you know, incentivized to play like a tempo. We, uh, Esper kind of game where you're gonna like have a bunch of little flyers or evasive creatures, mm-hmm. but for the most part, the commons and uncommons are more geared towards like I draw my Rafines Informant on turn eight, and I kept a right. land in my hand, and I get to turn that land into a spell, and then cast another spell, and now my uh, opponent is woefully behind. Right. Right. So. I think in general, this mechanic is not super aggressive. I agree. But, you know, there are some... And it's like, okay, the connive conditions are, like, all over the place. Yeah, they they really are. Right? There's a rare that's, like, cast two spells. Mm -hmm. There is an uncommon that is target me with a spell. Mm. There are a common and the uncommon... And a rare, and uh, oh, there's th- two rares and t- yeah, t- a common and an uncommon that are ETB. And then there's like the mythic that is attack, and then there's another mythic uh, that is uh, where is it? Whenever a non-token creature you control dies, connive. There's a there's an uncommon that's just a mana sink too. 
It's like oh, three yeah, men yeah. and a knife. Yeah, why didn't why doesn't that come up on uh uh I think it's because it says such and such connives as opposed to connives. So yeah. I messed up the the search. Right. Yeah, so it's like there's some that are ETB. There's a lot that are ETB. Mm-hmm. Uh so I don't know. Uh so it seems like it's not an aggressive mechanic. Right. The aggressive mechanics typically are the ones that are um uh that are like when you attack do the thing. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that you're going to get beaten down by Esper, but I could be wrong. Probably not. All right. Now, next up. Yep. We have the Maestros. This is Grixis, which is blue, black, and red. And the mechanic for the Maestros is casualty. It'll be formatted as casualty with a number. Um, You sacrifice a creature with power equal to or greater than the number. And if you do, you copy the spell. So the casualty is always going to be on a spell. And you can kind of think of the number the same way you would crewing, where it can be higher. It doesn't benefit you for going higher. Well, maybe there's one or two cards that benefit you for going higher. Um, But for the most part, you just need to meet the condition. So like if you casualty two, you have to sacrifice a creature with uh, power two or greater. And then you're going to copy the spell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this mechanic's pretty straightforward also, right? I think so. I think that it lends itself to more trickiness than connive. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, you know, what you're doing, how you pay the cost is pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, what kind of things can we do with this mechanic? So what are we going to look for in spoilers? Again, like the last one, stuff that is cheap. Yep. Stuff that again has the mechanic stapled on for no extra cost so Mm -hmm. have you seen a make disappear uh yes so it's one in the blue for an instant counter target spell unless it's controllable place two and it has casualty of one Mm -hmm. um this is quench with upside Mm -hmm. and quench uh held together uh mono blue poopers for like the better part of like two standard seasons. Yep. And like, this is the kind of card that like, it just makes this card harder to be dead. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, if they go to cast their sweeper and they have seven mana, right for their, and they go to play their full price doom scar, you're just like, uh, make disappear and sack my creature. So good luck. You almost have a hard counter. For, yep. like, one creature. So you traded one creature to save, like, four. Right. And you take that trade every time. hmm Absolutely. Right? And, like, this card is fine otherwise if you don't ever connect. Uh, don't ever casualty, I'm sorry. Yep. So it is perfectly fine. And I think the, those uh, are the cards you want. Yeah. The one thing that popped into my mind when I was reading this mechanic was Magecraft. Mm-hmm. Um, because Magecraft doesn't just care about you casting spells, it cares about you copying spells as well. Um, so I think, you know, if there's cards that are reasonably costed and have this, then, you know, getting extra triggers through Magecraft will be 
interesting also. So we're looking for things that would play well with like whatever the powerful magecraft cards are. Uh, Sedgemore Witch actually mm-hmm. plays really well with this because you're making bodies that you can then sack to the casualty. Um, Wither Bloom Apprentice, you can drain your opponents out. Professor Onyx also drains people out. Um, and I know that you know casualty is a Grixis ability in this set, but there's a bunch of like powerful white cards too with Magecraft. Clever Lumamancer and Leon and Lightscribe. Um, both have pretty powerful effects that, you know, benefit from cards being copied. Yeah. So I think that's reasonable. And if you notice, a lot of the black ones have casualty of one, Mm -hmm. right? Which happens to work out really well with a pest token. It does. And you gain a life. Yeah. Uh, Also, you have Poppet Stitcher, which makes a bunch of things cost two. Yeah. So I forgot about I guess Puppet I, Stitcher. Uh, okay, so I guess this is right. Casual cake, I guess, could be like worded almost like as an additional cost to cast this spell. So it's not like you can yeah. cast it, get your trigger See from like Poppet Stitcher, and yeah. then copy. Right. You have to do it all in one motion so you don't get to like make your token then sack it. Because right. your token comes too late, you have to make the decision to copy before you make the decision before you uh, have that token. Yep, I mean that that might be a deck, just puppet stitchers and Sedgemore witches. Yeah, I mean that was close to being a deck, I think, in standard before. Mm-hmm. Right, like this, like a card like and make you have this, Delver. Yeah, and a card like make this just disappear, like holds that kind of deck together. Yeah. Where you're like, I just have to go shields down for maybe a turn, mm-hmm. and then I'm fine. Or I can wait till turn five, play my, you know, my uh, uh, three drop, and then have make disappear up. Mm-hmm. And if you have any other creature, if you have a Delver, then you can protect your Poppet Stitcher or your Sedgemore Witch by mm-hmm. sacking your Delver. Yep. You get that power back from making tokens and now you're off to the races. Yep. The one thing I will say about this mechanic is most of the spells are expensive. Right? Um so the rares are so you have a, an X spell, a 6 mana spell. Um and then like you've got like a make a make a 4/3 uh token for five, mm-hmm. a casualty of two. So you make two four threes for five mana, mm-hmm. but you had to kill your two drop. Yeah. Like, that's not great. Um, Like, there's a uh, a grim, not a grim tutor, a uh, diabolic tutor, but it's five mm-hmm. mana. Yeah. With casualty three, like, that's not enough. This one, it feels like they were like, yeah... We got to make sure these cost a lot. Like they've kind of baked the fact that you can get two of these into the cost. I mean, maybe we'll see the, um, it seems like they're doing spoilers a little bit weird this time around. Uh, Mm -hmm. we're getting them like per family. So today we got all the Esper or the Obscura spoilers and I don't know what we're getting tomorrow, but um, I, I think we're getting, uh, the Naya guys. Okay. 
So tomorrow we might get the Naya guys. We've we've already started to see Naya guys. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's there's a good one. There's a spicy okay. meatball. <laughs> um but I mean like the obnixilisk that I am currently sitting in seems appropriately costed. Um yes. I don't I don't think that he's overcosted at no. all. No. No, 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 no. I mean, like I think Obnixilis, I think Make Disappear, like those are competitively costed for standard. Yeah. Right? Where, um, you know, uh, like, what is it? Rooftop Nuisance, the, the Frosta Creature draw card, Casualty yeah. 1. Like, that is usually not a playable card. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't think that, it, like, the Casualty makes it, like, puts it over the top. Right. Um, but so we glossed over Obnixilis. We should take a second and give him his due. <laughs> so Obnixilis, the adversary, one black red for a three loyalty uh, Obnixilis planeswalker mm-hmm. with casualty X. Uh, you can sack a creature of power X and you get a token copy of Obnixilis, the adversary. Uh, that has loyalty equal to the power of the sacrificed creature. Yep. And it is non-legendary, so much like... So you like, can have them both. Yeah, uh, this is a Hobo J situation, or the... Oh, this card's way better than Hobo Oh, yeah, Jace. yeah, yeah. <laughs> or the, the, the Jace from uh, Zendikar Rising with yeah. Kicker, right? Mirror Mage. Yeah. Um, and then plus one, it's a Punisher mechanic mm-hmm. where your opponent either takes two or discards a card yep minus two you make a one one devil and then minus seven target player draws seven and loses seven life so if you go like one drop creature two drop creature ob eat one of those creatures on turn three your opponent either has either has to discard two gets either gets mind rotted mm-hmm takes four or loses a card and loses two life. And heaven forbid it's, you know, something that either drew a card or discarded a card coming in or leaving. Oh yeah. Like, uh, like if you burglar rat and then this, your opponent's just like down three cards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or like it's an eye twitch. Yeah. Right. Where yeah. it like learn. Draws it, like, a card. Yeah, well, we have Eye Twitch, we have Shambling Gas. There's like an entire like black white deck built around the fact that yeah. um that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um so like I don't know, you you have two planeswalkers that you plus twice. Mm-hmm. Uh and they've either taken eight or lost probably two cards in four life. Yeah. Like you don't stay in a game too long. No, definitely not. Uh also, you have the uh, the sneaky. Um, you have a seven power creature, somehow, and you just feed it to Obnixilis. That's right. <laughs> and then yes, I would in fact it. like a Gristlebrand. <laughs> yes, I will Gristlebrand. But yeah. you can also Gristlebrand your opponent. Yep. Uh, what uh, What's your life total? Interesting. Excellent. Take seven. Uh, <laughs> How, how you Draw like seven that. cards. <laughs> yeah. You're dead. It doesn't matter. You're dead now. Yeah. Um. 
So, like, this card is going to see play. It is that, like, now that uh, Loris has been sent to the Shadow Realm. You can play three drops. Right? So, like, this and Mayhem Devil are mm-hmm. uh, good friends. Like, that's just the kind of deck this goes into. Yep. Right? Like, you sack a cat, and then you get uh, you get a food some other way, and then you're off to the races. Get your cat back. You have a blocker. Blah blah blah. So I think this that one is going to see play, but mm-hmm. a lot of them it feels like they went safe, right? Yeah, like I we, mean, we'll see once we get uh, the Maestro's day. Yeah, have we not had that day yet? Mm-mm. Oh wow, this is just the random stuff that's come out. All right. Yeah, we've only had one day. Oh yeah, the yeah, day, yeah. The day was Obscura Day. Okay, so there could be more. Because, like, a little chat is, like, a safe anticipate. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, the upside here, right, is we're talking about things that colors don't get to do. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of, like, blue sack outlets. No, we got a couple in um, cons with Exploit. And yeah. I guess in, uh, that you know, block. In a, we were just at, well, we were just in Innistrad that had exploit also so there are a couple random like exploit cards that let you sacrifice but yeah other than that blue doesn't sacrifice yeah so you have and like red also doesn't red usually steals the thing right and then black has to come in and finish the job oh that's like a whole nother thing that we could talk about i guess is uh like threat and effects with sacrifice i hadn't even thought about that yeah so steal your opponent's thing and sack it to a casualty card uh so, like, a card like Claim the Firstborn, yep. right? We've all been annihilated by that in Red Black Sack, right? Mm-hmm. But, like, you steal your opponent's creature, then you cast Light em Up, which is a sorcery speed deal two to a creature or a player with casualty two. So, you, like, you steal their three drop, then you kill their one and their two. Yep. And their three because you stole it. Right. Yeah. And like a, that's not something that mono red gets to do. You have to be, have to be in black for you that. You have to be in so. black. And I mean, we sneakily have a blue red sack deck, mm-hmm. right? Where you can be stealing stuff with your red cards and then sacking them to your blue cards. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Wild um, times we live in. So like in limited, this is going to be um, a mechanic that uh, will be really, really good if the threat and effect is cheap. Yeah, kind of the other problem, though, is like this mechanic is built around copying spells. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, I think we've talked about it on the show a couple times lately. Um, my limited decks have been a little bit more spell heavy than they were traditionally, but normally you don't want a limited deck with you know 10 spells in it like they need to be creatures yeah and this mechanic i don't think works super well on creatures i don't think there's going to be many like actual creatures with casualty no no i i agree like i could see where like casual you sack something and you get plus one plus one counters equal to the the casualty casualty copies things though does it always copy i think so yeah okay i didn't know if it like always had to copy or if it could do something else but if it's no, always I mean, copy even like ob where it's only 
like technically casualty like it's still copying something yeah well so we have like uh join the maestros which is how you get around that right this is the solution that they came up with in strixhaven right where every like there are all these spells that made tokens yeah right so join the maestros is that five mana make a four three casualty two so make mm-hmm. two four threes yeah so like so that's it's just like, a token maker that yeah yeah but you're right it's not it's not the greatest limited mechanic mm-hmm. again this is another one that is definitely not an aggressive mechanic mm-hmm. just because like you're feeding your creatures to it right right so like to like maximize this deck you have to like have sacrifice water there's gotta there's gonna have to be a uh, like Doom Traveler type card or two, yeah, to make something like this work. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like the last two mechanics, and I know I started doing this, and I th- I think we should keep doing it. Is talking about like how they fit into the limited environment, but I do want to mention that in one of the articles on uh, the the Wizards website today, they were talking about color pairs in limited, not color families. Okay. So I believe like each of these families loses a color for its limited archetype, or at least is more more supported in two colors than in three. Huh. Which kind of makes sense because like Obscura, that effect is more black and blue than it is white. So white would be a little bit less supported. Um, kind of the same with Casualty. It's a little bit more of a black and red ability than a blue ability. Fair. It it would be weird if they went to uh all the uh trouble of making families. Uh and then uh they were like, Oh yeah, we're we're gonna just uh you know Well, I I mean it was the same way in cons though. Like there were two colors that were more supported than the third color and Fair. then in dragons they lost the third color. Fair. So Um just keep in mind that, you know, you might not be hard three colors. And actually, that's better for limited anyway, because you're not going to be is. hard three colors and limited. You're going to be two colors with a splash. Yeah. Um, also, a fun uh, a fun thing is Seagate Stormcaller. It comes mm-hmm. in and lets you copy your next spell. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then you can sacrifice it? Then you can sacrifice it because it costs two. Yeah. Right? And... What's interesting is imagine you have two 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 power things. Mm-hmm. It lets you. It makes a copy of the original, which you then should be oh. able to sack. So you should be able to get four copies out of a single spell. That's cute. If so, that's the way it works, that's I'm, cute. Yeah, I'm, I think so. Like, imagine on turn uh, four, mm-hmm. right? You already have a two drop. You play. I guess it has to be you'd have to have more mana. Never mind, because like the a lot more mana. Sorry, but like the you could like copy the the like thing that makes a uh, that makes a four three, mm-hmm. and then well no it doesn't work. Never mind, because right, it costs too much mana. But like you can get you should be able to get four copies out of something, which would be I don't know um, how. Usually, like, copying spells, like, if there's something that's interesting, 
that like just doing it more times is good or like if you know you shouldn't have two copies of a spell on the stack mm-hmm. for whatever reason then like cause something breaks you know maybe mm-hmm. it's fine with two but not with three like think about uh oh, what is he called ah dual caster mage like the the neoform yeah. combo right like yeah. you have to have two copies so maybe getting three or four copies of a spell with uh, will allow you to do something neat. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, so we we will see. Oh, hey, it's your guys. Yeah, we got the Riveters. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, this is the Jund family. It's black, red, and green. And this one is an alternate casting cost. Um, so it's not like an ETB ability like um, the other was it Obscura was Connive mm-hmm. that was more or less an ETB ability um, or an activated ability. And then the last one we talked about was Casualty, which was a cast trigger. Um, this is an alternate casting cost, um, and it's called Blitz. So when you cast a card for its Blitz, blitz cost, it gives the creature haste, and when the creature dies, you get to draw a card. So it puts both of those abilities onto that card. And then at the end of the turn, you're going to sacrifice it. Um, so it's kind of like it gives something ball lightning, basically, like where it's only around for a turn, it's hasty, and then it goes away. But it's letting you replace it by drawing a card when it dies. I was, um, I was thinking that it's like um, Dash. Kind of, but it doesn't. It doesn't go back to your hand. It, yeah. you sacrifice it. Um, and it is worth noting that you sacrifice it. So things that trigger, like on sacrifice, will trigger. Things that trigger on when a creature dies will trigger. Um, sometimes this stuff like exiles at the end of the turn or goes back to your hand. So this this one's a little bit unique in that regard. And also, I think we only, we've only seen one or two cards with the Blitz ability so far, but they've been cheaper than the CMC on the card, like, by a lot. So that's something we need to watch out for also. It's, uh, it's weird that the cost would be cheaper when it also replaces itself. Yeah. So. But, I mean, you're taking what presumably is, like, a good card, and it could be a land. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's, you know, there is some risk to you when you do it. Right. Um, so we've not gotten to the Blitz, uh, the, the the Riveters part of spoiler season, so we don't have a we lot have to not. talk yeah, about. Yeah, I think we only have like one or two, right? Yeah, uh, we have uh, Jaxus the Troublemaker. Yeah. Um. That kind of is like Blitz, kind of like Kiki Jiki. Yeah, kind of, sort of. Um, so, uh, same kind of thing. Uh, the thing I really wanted was like uh, the blue black rare uh, Umazawa from the last set. Like all your creatures get Blitz. Oh yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, that's on the commander card though. Oh, of course it is. And it's also like super duper safe. Yeah. It's like, it's. Well, I mean, we'll see what we get. Like, we said about the last two mechanics, they're a little bit more like playing the long game controlly. This mechanic is not. This mechanic yeah. just wants to get your opponent dead and quickly. 
So this is definitely an aggressive mechanic. And like, what kind of what kinds of cards are we looking for, or what do we already have that you know might pair well with this mechanic? Um, I mean, if you want to casualty something, mm-hmm. right? Well, like, yeah, that's true. It works pretty well with casualties. You, you blitz. You get in your attack. Then you casualty your um your creature that you brought in. You draw a card off of mm-hmm. it, sacrificing, and you draw um. Uh, and then you get whatever effect twice from the, from the spell. So like that's pretty mm-hmm. good. Yeah. You can also play all the same tricks that we used to play like with Uro and Kroxa, where you know things that are going away, you can sacrifice to other stuff like Casualty, but also like we have Dockside Chef and uh, Deadly Dispute Village Rates. Mm-hmm. So you can you know swing in, attack, get get your whatever damage or triggers are going to happen and then, you know, turned into a couple cards, maybe a treasure if you got a deadly dispute. Also, um, like, this is one of those mechanics that lets you get in when you shouldn't in mm-hmm. that uh, you have a 3-4 and they have a 4-3, right? Mm-hmm. Naturally, you would just trade those, right? But... Because they're like, oh, it's going away anyway. Yeah. I don't want to block and lose my creature. Right. Right? So you get to get in your three damage when you wouldn't otherwise. I mean, then, you're actually up on that exchange if they block because you get to draw your card. You do. Um, but, like, you know, you're going to get your three damage in and then get your value from sacking it to something, right? Using it yeah. to pay a cost when you yeah. normally wouldn't get that uh, kind of effect. Mm-hmm. Right, where normally um, they would like maybe block. Yeah. I did have two other thoughts for this mechanic. Okay. Um, the first one's a little bit of a deep cut. I don't think it has seen a ton of play. Uh, but Voldaren Bloodcaster makes a blood token when something dies. And then when you get oh, a bunch yeah, of blood yeah. tokens, it flips and turns your bloods into bats. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That might be kind of cool with this because your stuff's always dying. Mm-hmm. And then we also have a bunch of, um, like, the cards that bring stuff back when they die. We have Malakir, Rebirth, Undying, Malice, and Feign Death. Oh, yeah. If, if the discount is steep enough, like, if, you know, we have a six drop that has, you know, a two-mana um, two blitz ability, whatever, you can just Malakir, Rebirth, and bring it back and then keep it permanently. You get to replace the Malakir, Rebirth, because the creature still dies. And then you get the creature for good. Yeah, where's the uh um where's our where's our guy that I just was talking about? Um there we go. Jaxus, right? He's a two three. Mm-hmm. Blitz for one and a red, right? And then you like Malakir rebirth it or flicker it. Mm-hmm. Right? Like a two three that like did something is fine. Mm-hmm. Right? And like now this has a like a wall of text, but I'm sure there's gonna yeah. be like a one that like is a five five trample or something for mm-hmm. like three or four, and then you're like oh this is really worth me putting in the effort to get all of this stuff back or to get right. this card back. Yeah, kind of the same tricks that um, you play with like grief. Yeah, or exactly. Like the evoking of monsters, exactly. Yeah, where you don't get to do this for free, thank God. But you right. do get to do it for uh, a reasonable... <laughs> on the cheap. On the cheap, exactly. Yep. So, 
And it just takes, like, you know, one blitz cost that's, like, two to make a to make a four four right Mm -hmm. like you're you're gonna do that all day you're like oh cool i get to just like on turn three hit you for five uh draw a card and bring this thing back yeah especially if like i said there's any sort of other synergies with you know creatures dying or or the battlefield effects or whatever Mm -hmm. it seems like it could be powerful and it's in the right colors for it too i mean yeah green typically has a whole bunch of stuff that you know really cares about entering the battlefield red has a bunch of stuff that cares about attacking black has a bunch of stuff that cares about dying so yeah no Could i agree be strong all right so what's the next one we got here unless you got something else to add about the riveters i the riveting riveters don't think um now we have uh what is this? Cabar- Cab- Cabretti? Cabaretti? Cabaretti. Yep. That's Naya. Which, um, I know we're trying to, like, have these names stick, but mm-hmm. I'm going to be very angry at, oh, maybe SCG won't do it because Cedric's gone. Um, at, um, looking Naming at. Naming your deck Cabaretti tokens. Yeah, no, no, it's Naya. Get out of yeah. here with, with this, like, <laughs> unintelligible stuff. Like yeah. when they were like, "Oh, it's not Simic, it's um, Quandrix." No, get out of here with that. Yeah, no, it's, it's Simic. Simic. Stop. Yeah, they had it figured out. Stop. Mm-hmm. All right. <clears throat> this mechanic is Alliance, mm-hmm. uh, and that's whenever another creature ETBs, something happens. Yeah, is it really weird that Naya doesn't ever get like an actual mechanic? It just gets something that those colors do, like Naya had like cares about four four power yeah well they're just like we don't know what mechanic to give this so we're just gonna be like um cares about big cares about yeah. lots of creatures <laughs> like it's just like we we don't know what to do we're just yeah. gonna give cares you about things entering the battlefield <laughs> yeah like they're gonna want to attack so they're gonna want to put things in the battlefield so yeah yeah um so this is fine. Mm-hmm. It's it's again one of those where it's like not a real mechanic. It's just like they took something that they could have just put on the card and slapped a keyword on it. Right. They called it something instead of it just being a keyword. Just or like, instead of it a yeah. uh, thing. Yeah, they're like we'll make yeah. it a keyword as opposed to something or it's like it is like a reminder word or whatever, but like there's no consistency. It's like, yeah. connive does the same thing. You just have to meet a condition. Alliance is like, the condition is the same. And but nothing it does changes. wildly different things. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah. I'm not a game designer, but do not like. Yeah. I mean, it, it's whatever. It is. Um, So as far as, you know, what we're looking for out of spoilers because this is kind of a backwards mechanic where we care about a thing happening instead of what the effect is, it's really hard to look for specific cards. But there are some things that will play really well with this mechanic, um, namely token makers. Mm-hmm. Like Adeline from, uh, was it Midnight Hunt she was in or Crimson Vow? That makes a 1-1 every turn. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like that seems to play really well with oh whatever you, you know, attack, yeah yeah, 
Um, we also have Felidar Retreat makes a token whenever you play a land. The White Shrine makes a token every turn when you pay a mana. Uh, Wandering Emperor ticks down to make tokens. Den of the Bugbear makes tokens every turn or when, when it attacks. Um, all sorts of stuff that makes tokens. One thing that I thought was pretty cool was Fable of the Mirror Breaker mm-hmm. because it makes copies of things every turn. So yeah. you can copy your whatever cares about something entering the battlefield, get more triggers, more triggers, more triggers. Um, so like the a- Adeline, the you know, so it mm-hmm. like triggers on attack, right? Mm-hmm. So like Gala Greeters, so one of the green for a one one, mm-hmm. right? With a- alliance, whatever a non. So this is another another uh, whenever another creature enters the battlefield. Choose one of these three options that hasn't been chosen. Put a plus one plus one counter on it. Create a tapped treasure token, and you gain two life, or you gain mm-hmm. two life, right? So you play Adeline, and you your Gallic Readers becomes a two two. Mm-hmm. Then you attack. That makes a uh, treasure. To, that makes a creature, right? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to gain two life or make a treasure now? Mm-hmm. Right. Like you can just stack those up. Right. Or like, um, oh, what is it called? Uh, like, raise the alarm. Mm-hmm. Right? Just make two tokens, you get two triggers. Yep. So, you just, to maximize this, you just want to be, like, making tokens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like, we have a bunch of really good token makers right now. I just rattled off a whole bunch, but, yeah. I mean, there's even more. Like, Scoot Swarm makes infinite tokens. The Seekers Chariot makes tokens... When it enters and when it attacks, there's all sorts of stuff that makes tokens. Plus, there's a whole bunch of stuff that makes tokens that's unplayable right now that nobody even remembers exists. Like, that was yes. kind of a whole archetype that, <laughs> like, never saw any play. In Keldheim? Green, white, and Keldheim about tokens? I think so, yeah. Which is why Zeke's Chariot copies tokens. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that... It's hard because when we don't have a ton of the cards, but it's all the right. same stuff. Like we want the we want those cards to be cheap, and it really comes down to like what the um what the what the specific thing is. alliance yeah payoff is for that given card. Yeah. Right. Like the Gallic readers seems fine. It's mm-hmm. like somewhere between um like. Uh, almost like in a Johnny's Pride Mate yeah. and a uh, Prosperous Innkeeper. Prosperous Innkeeper. Like, where, like, usually you have to have you have a thing and then Pride Mate comes in and triggers that. And then the next thing triggers uh, the gain, the Soul Warden, and then your Pride Mate gets triggered. Like, this doesn't need a Soul Warden. It just needs you to play creatures. Right. It just doesn't stack as well with two Soul Wardens. Correct. Right. But, you know, it, it's that kind of like self, con- almost like a self-contained pride bait. Mm-hmm. Um, Close to. So you want things that like uh, are going to pay you off. Uh, look for look for things that like increase power or give evasion. Yeah. Right? Things that reward you. Like you already want to go wide. That's this me- mechanic rewards you for going wide, having lots of creatures enter the battlefield. Um, so you're looking for things that also reward you for going wide. And one of the common ways that that happens 
is cards that like put counters on all your creatures or counters mm-hmm. on like multiple creatures, um, which kind of makes modify better. Like if you're caring about modified creatures and you have cards that, you know, are putting counters on all your creatures, like that might, might be a synergy to look out for. And also something that plays really well with tokens is first day of class from Strixhaven. Oh, yeah. Part yeah. of that, uh, the cheddar storm combo. Yeah, and if we were, like, unsure if uh, Naya wanted to go ride the family head, mm-hmm. Jetmere. Oh, yeah, he wants you to go super wide. Super wide, <laughs> right? It's like, if you have three creatures, they get a buff and a keyword. Six yep. creatures, they get another another buff and another keyword. Nine creatures? <laughs> another, another buff and buff, another keyword. You win the game. Yes. You just win the game at nine creatures. Yeah, but, there's no way you don't win that game. Yes. A hundred percent you have won the game. Yep. So, um like just it it wants you to go wide, so make sure that the payoffs are rewarding you for going wide, but it is a little hard, right? Because this is a mechanic that you have to have A and B in the correct order. Mm-hmm. Right, you need your alliance card, then you need your token maker. Right. Right. Your deck is kind of garbo if like your hand is four token makers and no alliance creature. No payoff. Yeah. Right. Then you're and then like on turn six you start drawing your alliance creatures and you're like, Well, now I'm just playing like vanilla creatures. Right. Have like, no text because you can't yeah. make use of them. So like that's difficult and a, a current issue with go wide and standard is meat hook massacre. <laughs> Definitely punishes you for going wide. Right. And jet only buffs um, power, not toughness. So yeah. like you've gone wide and you've got like a bunch of like three ones and your opponent's like, I'll spend three mana and just annihilate you. Yeah. Right, and there's also um, a ton of um, sweepers in the format, and we're getting another four mana sweeper in this set. Mm-hmm. So, getting Wrath of God with like eeny weeny downside. Yeah. So, like this is gonna be hard, I think, to like make work in standard. In limited, it'll be fine. Mm-hmm. It is. You know, this is another like not as aggressive as Blitz, but still a more aggressive. Pretty aggressive, mechanic. yeah, for sure. Right. Um, we got one family left. One left. Yeah. The brokers. The, yeah. So, what are the brokers? They're banned. They're just banned. Let's, banned. let's not brokers. <laughs> banned. Uh, this is a green, white, and blue. Right and. Their mechanic is kind of cares about counters slash has a particular type of counter. So yeah. They get shield counters. What do shield counters do? Well, it's kind of somewhere between like totem armor and regeneration. It's a counter that you put on a creature. And if that creature is either dealt damage or would die... Instead of that happening, you remove the counter. Mm-hmm. So it's 
kind of like an instance of regeneration or totem armor or whatever. It basically saves your creature. Um, the downside is that it also will be removed if your creature takes non-lethal damage, which yeah. is kind of kind of weird. But is like there's one of their uncommons is like a two-one first strike with a shield counter. It's a double strike. Double I think, strike, right? Yeah, double yeah. strike. Like that card's just like unblockable and limited. Basically, like it's just gonna it's going to eat one thing for sure. Yeah, right. But like the, but it'll probably eat two things and live. Mm-hmm. Like that's just a beating. It's like what? What mm-hmm. am I supposed to do with this? Why do you hate me, Magic? <laughs> what, what did I do? Um, I think that this is just a limited mechanic. I think like, so. Uh, unless, you know, we get cards that are absolutely bonkers, I don't see how you can build a shield counter deck. The um, only thing I could think is, let's say you get like a white um, one or two mana creature that has shield, mm-hmm. has a shield counter. Well, now, like in Pioneer, the white, uh, like, Auras decks, right, it gives you a place to put your counters, or put your Auras, that's relatively safe. It's like a quasi-boggle. Yeah. It's not, like, as good as a boggle, but it is, like, a two-for-one from them to kill it, and you also have, like, the ability to... um, uh, what's it called? Uh, like protect it. Like they mm-hmm. use a spell to take the counter off, mm-hmm. and then you're like, uh, you cast Karamitra's blessing, right? And now they wasted their second spell that you countered. Yeah. Or you counter the first one and make them invest two more and hope they don't have to. Mm-hmm. So it does kind of give you a pseudo boggle to put things on, but I agree. And like the, oftentimes the, hey, how many different types of counters do I have mechanic doesn't translate to limit, uh, to constructed because yeah. it is based on you having a bunch of creatures with counters. Right. And that's not how constructed magic works. Correct. Right. There's too much removal, too many sweepers, and like the cards with the counters usually aren't objectively powerful enough. Yeah, it, this is kind of a bad example, but because this deck did see a little bit of play, but it's kind of like mutate, mm-hmm. where like it wasn't super. Co- I mean, there were definitely mutate decks, and I may have played some mutate decks, but it wasn't super constructed viable, just because it relied on like everything going perfectly. Yeah, and most of constructed magic aims to not have things go perfectly. To not let you do your thing. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to uh, just just hope that's going to be a thing. So yeah. again, there might be like a card or two that kind of like rises up. Like if you gave me like a two mana, I have I have a shield counter on me. Like I think mm-hmm. that card could like find a home somewhere. Especially yeah, but nothing that of- you're going to build a deck around though. No, it's going to like yeah, like I said, it'll slot into an existing deck. That, you know, what's a boggle or something? It's not going to just be like, oh, well, here, I got to build my deck around this. It's like, no, like this is marginally better than the other thing I had in this spot. Yeah. Like I could see a spell that was like similar to heroic intervention. 
Oh, you're just like shield counters. Yeah, put a shield counter on your stuff. Yeah, that would that could work. Yeah, and maybe not your whole board because that might be too good because it just kind of sits around. But like, you know, put a shield counter on you know three permanents or whatever. Yeah. So, I think that it is, it is fine. Again, this is probably not an aggressive. Um, no, mechanic. I don't. Th- well, I don't know. It could like, be. I, it could be because it's like quasi evasion. Like the first time, the first time they block, you're probably going to trade. Yeah. Or I mean, you wouldn't trade, but you'd lose your your shield counter. Yeah, you're going to trade your shield counter, like. All the cards are kind of a built-in two-for-one. Yeah. If you can, like, trade... um, Right, if you can trade your counter for a card, and then Mm -hmm. you have to trade your card for a card. Yeah. Right? And that sounds very attrition-y long game Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. Right? Now, granted, you get the, like, the three-mana, two-one double striker, and your game could end very quickly. <laughs> yeah, he's only looking to do one thing. Yeah, he's only attacking and just yeah. like chewing through their board. Yeah. But yeah, I don't I don't see this being a it seems like there are two like aggressive families mm-hmm. and then three that are not super aggressive. Yeah. So I agree. All right, real real quick, this is a Hot off the precious spoiler here. Oh boy. Um and this is for our our Naya. Okay. Brazen upstart. Okay. So it's Naya colors for an uncommon. Mm-hmm. It is an elf shaman. It is a four mm-hmm. two. It has okay. vigilance, which doesn't do well on a four two. But right. oh when it dies, I thought it was when it enters the battlefield. Okay, I'm less excited. Never mind. When it dies, look at the top five cards of your library. You may reveal a creature card from among them and put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom in a random order. I thought it was when it enters. I was like, oh, oh my gosh. Like, you play this on three, you always find your Winota. Oh, yeah. But no, it has to die. Oh, less good. I take yeah, it all back. Good. I take all my excitement back. We're not going to just be, like, getting getting Winotas on four every single game. <laughs> Okay. Not quite. Not quite. Okay. Okay. So now everyone knows not to get get excited when they see the card. We're like, oh wait. <laughs> Brian already got excited for me and then got sad. Um So we got no more families but one more mechanic. Oh, what is the last mechanic? Hideaway. Oh yeah, hideaway. Hiding hiding away at the end of the show notes. So hideaway is a returning mechanic. And they kind of just changed the way it worked pretty recently. They changed how it works in the rules. Okay. So it's going to be hideaway and then a number. Hideaway Mm -hmm. used to be all the same number. But now it's hideaway and then a number. And you're going to look at the top, whatever the number is, cards of your library. Exile one and put the rest on the bottom of your library. And then there's going to be some condition on the card. And when that condition is met, you cast it without paying its mana cost. Okay. That's it. That's it. Um, The thing thing that was also interesting is, um, so all the hideaway lands, they Mm -hmm. came into play tapped. Yep. So 
when they put Hideaway in Modern Horizons 1, the creature entered the battlefield tapped. Because it was part of Hideaway. Because everything else that yeah. had Hideaway was tapped. Uh, the enchantment zone under the battlefield tapped. The, the, that's part of what they changed. Hideaway no longer makes something enter the battlefield tapped. Okay. And Hideaway used to always be the same number. I think it was five. Um, it's no longer always five. Okay. Aren't all of these five? Mm, I don't know, are they? I don't know, because Scry falls down. Uh, mm, I don't know. I think we only have a couple cards with Hideaway so far, right? It's Watcher of Tomorrow is the... Uh, the one from Modern Horizons? The one from Modern Horizons. Um, yeah, there's the black one, and there was there was another one. Yeah, I think there was a green one. Yeah. But I don't know... I don't know where it is. The yeah. content they crave! <laughs> it's the end of the episode. Nobody's listening anymore anyway. Oh, man. Come on. We have some... Anthony's still listening. Hi, Anthony. <laughs> Thanks, Anthony. And Brad's there. I'm sure Brad. Brad's like I'm sure somewhere Brad's here. somewhere driving to work. Like, thanks for not letting me fall asleep, guys. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought there was. I thought there was another <clears throat> one, but yeah, yeah. I, there was a green one, a green artifact, I think. Yeah. So it. Um. Yeah. Fight rigging. Oh, okay. it's an enchantment. But yeah, that has hideaway five also. Yeah, so, uh, and that one's bonkers, right? Like, it just throws plus one, plus one counters on things. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Every turn. Um, so, if you're old like us, you may remember there was uh, the most unpassable, what was the most unpassable card in Fate Reforged Draft? No, I don't know. I didn't play much of that limited format. Citadel Siege. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That card was nuts. It was too white, white, and it like put was it put two counters on, uh, uh, on a on a thing or just one? Oh, it put two. So it put two counters each uh, turn. That's the beginning of combat, right? Mm-hmm. And like that's just like unbeatable and limited. Yeah. Now, one counter is uh, not two. But it's also very difficult to beat. Like if anyone had it also enough... comes down a turn earlier. Is it only three mana? Yeah. Oh geez. Uh, um, if anyone has had their opponent play uh, whatever the two mana enchantment that has landfall mm-hmm. that puts a plus one plus one counter on something. Yeah. From Kamigawa, like um, like that card's unbeatable. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is effectively the same thing. Right, like, and you don't have to hit landfall. You just like feed counters to things. Yeah, and it like casts a card for free. <laughs> yeah, is it like you gotta have a creature with seven power? Yeah, well, you're gonna get there though. You'll get there eventually, but you also don't have to, right? You could just be like every every uh, upkeep or whatever. You just like, all right, here, make something a little bit bigger. So like, you end up with a a board full of things that have 
one, maybe two counters on them. You're not trying to like well, pile it all on one thing. Right, but it's also not like this thing goes away when it pops Fair. either. Fair. Like it's still going to put counters on stuff after it meets its criteria. Yeah, so it is weird that they don't go away. Mm-hmm. Right, like just weird. But yeah, like that card's going to be like unbeatable. Yeah. I don't know. I think that, you know, whatever the other ones do, uh, like Hideaway's, Hideaway's a fun mechanic, right? It like lets you play a sub game and... It lets you put an Emrakul into play. <laughs> for no manas. I think the uh, the biggest issue is... So the things that matter are how easy is it for me to hit the condition? Yeah. Right? Am I going to just hit the condition because, or am I going to have right. to do work for it? So like, the well, black I mean, one, so far these have like fed themselves. Yeah. The black one, you're just going to hit the condition pretty quickly just because, yeah. uh, right. You, you're going to play spells and you're going to mill a bunch of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, the green one, right. Again, you might just want to like focus on spreading them around, but you can just like turbo and hit the condition. Like, uh, Sheldock Isle is a busted card in cube because you're playing 40 card decks and it's like when you have 20 cards in either library you can activate me so instead yeah. of having to play two thirds of a game you have to play half a game right right and that's a that's much shorter mm -hmm. so if if one of the conditions is like easy to hit then it'll be uh, uh, one of them could just be super easy yep so so i don't know if it'll be as good as the lands since the lands were just free yeah you just put it in your deck because it made the color mana you needed yeah so but we'll see with all that i think we are caught up on all the family goings on yeah in streets of new capenna yeah i think the takeaway is is look for look for cards that are cheap and that have the ability kind of stapled on for free. Those or are cards that like are of a color that doesn't normally get that type yeah. of effect. Are we introducing something new to a color? Is it aggressively costed? And do you feel like the ability isn't properly added to the mana cost? Like those are mm -hmm. the things. And that can even be something at like four mana. Like, oh, this is a right. fine four mana card even if it didn't have this ability and they just stuck the ability on it for some reason. Yep. Another thing to think about in this, this goes for like any three color set is these cards have to be more powerful than two color cards. Yes. Right. Cause they're harder to cast because they're harder to cast. And so if the mana supports them, right, a lot of standard is going to be become three colors either mm -hmm. hard three colors or more than likely like two colors in a splash. Mm -hmm. Right. So looking at older cards, some like two color cards are going to go up in value because you're like, well, I want to be maestros and there's this blue black card that it will is good, but didn't really have a home before. Mm hmm. But because of this rare and this uncommon that's Maestros, I want to be Grixis. Yep. And now that means I don't want to play the black black card on two. I want to play the blue black card or the yep. black red card. 
So I don't know. Like maybe that expressive iteration card will be good. I'm not sure. <laughs> it might yeah, find pr- a home. Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> seems seems overrated. Yeah. But yeah. So like you're gonna have to like older cards that are two colors are gonna shift in value. Mm-hmm. Right. Like think about like fleece main line. It was good before, but like it was just a staple in Abzan going forward. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause like, you know, it, your mana, it fed your mana right into, um, what is he called? Uh, Abzan charm and siege Rhino. Yeah. Right. But you wouldn't play it. You wouldn't, you wouldn't have ever played like a green, green card in that slot. No. Right, there your mana didn't work. I know wouldn't have worked, yeah. Right, so like, oh gosh, what is his name? Uh, werewolf pack leader, mm-hmm. right? Like, werewolf pack leader is not going to fit well in the Naya deck, right? Where like a, you know, where the Kessick uh, wolf guy, the the two two that makes a mana when it attacks, that's yeah. red green might fit better. Because it's going to be easier to cast for you. Mm-hmm. So that's just something to consider. That those cards are all going to kind of change their values. Yeah, it's a good thought. I hadn't thought about that. So like we're going to be incentivized, if mana permits, to play three color decks. And mm-hmm. the mana, right, we've got the the flip lands for mm-hmm. the, the next... Pathways. Yeah, we have the pathways for the next few months. And we have the... Uh, all of the like, I know they're not slow lands, whatever they are. The yeah, the the ones from Innistrad. The Innistrad lands, right? So like the mana there is good. Plus we're gonna have the triomes. Yep. So, right, like a mana base that is triome flip land, and then the Innistrad lands is gonna be able is gonna be more able to cast gold cards mm-hmm. than before, and this right. is also probably gonna hurt. Um, the creature lands. Oh yeah, definitely. Right, because think about all the decks that played like creature lands: mono green, mono white. Yeah. Uh, the black ones got played in like dirtly control decks because they would have right. just eventually their mana would work out. The blue could... one also. Yeah. Well, now like you're gonna be like in a three color mana base a lot of times, and having a land that only makes one color is going to be a liability. Yes. Right. We're not going to have like, um, we had like at the end of that format, right? Battle for Zendikar and Khan's overlap. Yeah, they did because of the, mm-hmm. the fetching with the, yep. with the fetch lands. Right. But like they had two color uh, dual uh, man lands, sorry, creature mm-hmm. lands. Creature lands. Yes. And so like we don't, we're not going to have that. So those, those lands are going to go down in value more than likely. Yep. So. Probably the colorless lands too. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, whatever. What, Faceless Haven, Faceless Haven. And, is it Crawling Barons? Oh yeah, Crawling Barons. Yeah, that's gonna go down. Yeah. And also, there's uh, what is this called? Depopulate. So I don't know that one. Uh, it's the it's the Wrath of God. Two white white. Oh okay. Each player that controls a multicolored creature draws a card, then destroy all creatures. Yeah. If you're playing mono white or mono green. You just let your opponent play Wrath of God in standard against you. Basically. Right? Like, if it, there's a huge reason to not play mono white and mono green. Right. So, 
just keep that in mind, right? That you're going to have, this is going to have a big shakeup on how we evaluate standard cards. Mm-hmm. I and, agree. And also, this is the, the eighth set in standard, which is super weird to say. Yeah, that is strange. But right? then it rotates, right? It rotates in the summer? It rotates in the summer. Yeah. Which, again, super strange. Super weird. So, right, like we're we're in a weird time for magic, right? We have eight set standard. That's when you can do the most powerful stuff. That's when your mana is the best. It's also traditionally when like mono red is the best. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, that's something I was saying. Like uh, thinking was, uh, I was playing this like mono blue, mm-hmm. uh, like with ascendant spirit, and I was like, oh man, like quench makes this deck like a million times better. And they're like, oh, here's quench, and you're like, oh. here's quench, yeah. So like, awesome. Yeah, on one hand, this is when your mono colored decks are their best because you get eight sets of random commons that were supposed to right. hold together a draft archetype in standard but then mm-hmm. they're like here's the populate don't play monocolored decks <laughs> and it's like hmm i see i see what you're yeah. doing there you can so, come play monocolored decks in a uh, standard popper they hey i did it's good yeah. times my mana was perfect <laughs> all swamps Yep, never miss that second color. Never, not one time. All right, so with that, I think we got a show. I also think we have a show. So if you want to get at us, uh, you can find all of our social media stuff uh, in the description. I will shout out, um, get on our Discord. It was really helpful um, during the tournament. So like, mm-hmm. if you're looking to like perhaps participate in one of these tournaments, getting in the Discord you're going to get our uh, first unfettered thoughts of uh, <laughs> the of the spoilers, and yep. it'll make your life way easier when you uh, participate in the tournament. So, I agree. Extra get in special Discord. shout out for Discord. Yep, yep, it's awesome. Bunch of cool people hanging out in there. Lots of good information. Lots of people willing to lend a hand, and you get the added benefit of our tournaments. Um, if you're going to run in the tournaments, I would definitely suggest joining the Discord. Um, I, I might even require you to join our Discord in the tournaments just because that's probably the best way to communicate if there's any issues or anything. So definitely join the Discord. Um, if you guys want to support the show, um, we would appreciate it if you use our TCG Player affiliate link, tcg.casualtriardmtg.com. Uh, follow that link. Whatever you buy will help support the show. The, give us a cut of whatever you spend on that site. Um, if you want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Patrons get access to our show notes. They get access to more of us in our pre-show every week. And you get put on my mailing list, which I need to send out soon. Probably in the next couple of weeks, it'll be going out. Um, just as a kind of a thank you to our patrons, I usually send out some cool swag. So... If you want to get on the list, if you want to support the show, we would really appreciate it. Chip a couple bucks in and help us out. You got anything else for this week, or is that going to do it? I got one more quick thing. We were okay, talking about TCG. Yeah. Um, the we're getting into Pioneer being a thing, especially with the Pro Tour. Mm-hmm. If you're dragging your feet on like putting together your Pioneer deck, yeah, don't like as soon as like big events start to happen cards are going to spike 
and as we've uh, some of the like uh, sets that haven't been opened a lot, mm-hmm. like D and D, Deadly Dispute yeah. is like four dollars. Um, Crazy, it's a oh, common. Yeah, what is the? Oh gosh, the 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 opt variant that puts a card in your graveyard. Consider, consider, those yep. are like two or three dollars. Yep. Right. So if you're dragging your feet, like it's cards are only going to go up if there are five dollar commons in sets and four dollar yeah, commons. That's wild. Right. Like if someone decides that, like, you know, there is a uh, there's a that, that Lolth is going to be like a huge pioneer player. Mm-hmm. Right. That card's going to go up in value. Yeah. So like get in with like what deck you want to play, like the earlier, the better. Mm-hmm. So just just Good a little call. PSA. Yep. Now with And the, with that, we'll catch you on the internet. We'll catch you on the internet. <laughs>